Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina, from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. It is into June. The weather feels like summer. We are heating things up. Yes, gardening always likes to heat up a little bit, and it makes things beautiful. Have you noticed that plants are just taking off? They love this warm weather, and I must admit, I think here in Manitoba, we went from winter to summer so fast, and already driving around and seeing things, the gardens are starting to look very pretty. We have some things we're going to talk about to help prevent against some of this heat. But right now, we can envision what our gardens are going to look like. So listen to the poem, Inside My Garden Gate. How I love my little garden, where I sit and contemplate my perfect piece of paradise inside my garden gate. Hanging baskets, pretty pots, and flowers are brimming over, the grass so green, the buttercups, the daisies, and the clover. Honeysuckle and jasmine giving off sweet perfume, pretty lilies open wide, rose bushes in full bloom. In summer they stand tall and proud as the buds turn into flowers. I sit and watch as they all flourish a while away the hours. I see the fledglings nesting up high in the trees, bees in and out of bushes with their variegated leaves, where they gather all the pollen, then soar into the sky. They're heading home at speed, returning to the hive. The melody of wind chimes as they tinkle in the breeze, interwoven with gossamer cobwebs, at night with spider weaves. The sunshine sparkles on the pond where the water lilies grow, golden fish and tadpoles swimming safely down below. It's also very peaceful, relaxing in the sun, where the butterflies flutter by having so much fun. The sun goes down and darkness falls, the moon is big and bold, where all that live in the garden have a story to be told. The little gnomes are watching, the pixies and the sprites, dancing by the wishing well, a-glowing with fairy lights. I can sit there, contemplating, until it's very late, in this magical piece of paradise, just inside my garden gate. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. And yes, we're going to go right to the line. Shirley's waiting. Hi, Shirley. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Where are you calling from this morning? Oh, I'm from Kaleida. Kaleida. Well, hello and good morning to everyone in Kaleida. Thank you. Um, I've got a couple of questions. One is like, uh, I've got, we planted the garden and everything, but only some of the seeds came up. I don't know if they're still waiting or what, but we planted them quite a long time ago. So the plants that did come up are doing great, but... There's a lot of holes, like where to or some, you know, like the, would it be the seeds or what could be the problem? Okay, um, what uh, what seeds were you seeding? Uh, is we it did ev- everything. Is everything? 
Yeah, we've got two big gardens, so um, the potatoes are, some of them are even flowering already, like that I think is early, but um, everything, like the stuff that came up, did really good, but there's a lot of spaces where there's nothing. Okay, so, um, can I ask you a couple questions? Um, sure. How, was it new seed or was it seed that you held from last year? Well, some of it was in one garden was all new seed, and then in the other garden, it uh, was a seed that I've had for a year or two. Okay. And when you, we're going to talk about that kind of first, because there is a, a portion of seed. When you get new seed, there's generally a percentage rate of germination that should be in that package. And so the new seed should come up. So there might be something else that's factoring that, which we'll talk about. But your old seed at that point, um, just a little bit of hints, if we're carrying over old seed from one year to the other, uh, it's best to store it in a Ziploc bag in a cool location. I always Ziploc mine and put them in the fridge so that it keeps a percentage of some of that moisture content in that seed. Okay? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a good trick because sometimes if they lay out and it's in a hot shed or a hot garden shed, you're going to lose that uh, percentage of of moisture content in that seed, which is the viability of it, right? Okay. Yeah. You might think it's a tiny seed; it's not wet, but there is. (laughs) Trust me, there's a little bit of a plumpness to that seed that when it gets that moisture, it's going to explode into a plant. So, Uh other things that could affect the the portion of it. Now, is it entire rows of it, or is it sort of the sporadicness? No, it's, it's sporadic. sporadic. Or it'll be like towards the end of a row or in between, and then the next row will be beautiful. I've found problems with peas and with the beans and uh, carrot, well, carrots. We've already planted them twice. Now, there there's still holes in them, which is okay in one way, but... Then uh, the second batch, the first batch we planted, they're now finally coming up. So they're really late, like compared yeah. to the first batch. Okay. So, or the second batch, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's different factors that could cause that's in it. So if it's if it's a mixed seed or if it's all the same seed, there's a scenario that if okay, if I want blended different types of seeds, different types of seeds, even though they're in the same family of like, let's take carrots for example. If it's the exact same carrot seed in that row and some of them are not coming up, um, environmental factors may play cause as in some seeds may be a little bit higher to the surface than, than lower on the surface. So we could get washouts. We could get heat stress. We could also get that if some of them came up and you just see that first little cotyledon, that sort of like that sur- first little it's almost like the water shoot root that comes first before you get the cotyledon, the first set of leaves that come up, right? And if that comes up and it's to the surface where it doesn't get moisture at that time or it gets too much moisture at that time, too little moisture will cause it, that seed to die and too much moisture could cause that little seedling to rot, okay? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And then there's the other environmental factors are birds and insect. That could cause it. But you still have time to seed over that. So do a little bit of overseeding to fill it in. But um, if I use carrots as a scenario, sometimes we overseed our carrots and they're pretty, we end up thinning some of those out anywhere. But if you have big spaces in between, I would definitely get some, get some more carrots going in there. Okay, like the peas, they're quite sporadic. 
Then and usually oh, they're full. They're usually full, yeah. I think this yeah. is a, a different year because, A, it's you, usually seeds like to have certain temperatures for them to germinate and to go through a growth process. Like um, if I if I welcomed you to my seeding world, I have a, a chamber that I do regulated temperatures for the varieties of seeds that I'm sowing so I get the best germination on that. And sometimes oh, yeah. when we're sowing and we get that excessive heat that's on there, maybe that is playing some of that factor. And you never know, miraculously, you may get, at some point, you may get some of these popping up maybe a little bit later. You know, it's the mystery oh, yeah. of the it's the mystery of the seed, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. do some overseed, do some overseeding. Get those peas in there because we do end up doing um, like succession cropping, and that's one thing where if you're doing a certain crop, you can do a secondary crop and a tertiary or third crop process of it. And we see that with radishes. We see that sometimes with lettuce. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. So I would say you got some work to do. The cutworms are back too. <laughs> we had one cutworm, so it took out one of the plants. But I haven't seen him anywhere else yet. So. Okay, well I well I hope you dug him and found him and did the little squish yep. to him. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. Gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, or take the shovel spade and flick and o- flick him over the fence somewhere. <laughs> yeah. No, so, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Good. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't want to be. I don't want to sound like I'm being cruel, but we we want to protect yep. our plants too as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for the information. Oh, yeah, and, you're welcome. Uh, and uh, sometimes, too, if with the heavy rains, um, which yeah. I never mentioned, but sometimes if you've got some heavy rains, maybe your rows kind of moved over sideways somewhere. So uh, you might have some okay. gravitating seeds going somewhere. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. All right. Thank you for calling. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye-bye. It is. It's like the, sometimes it's like the traveling seed too as well. Cause I know I, uh, I have some chives in one area that I have put them in and I have this great big downspout that's right there. And now I have a chives trail along a pathway with exactly where the water flows from my one garden. So it's not only the story of the traveling pants, it's the story of the traveling seed. I'd love to hear about how your garden is growing, what you're planting and how beautiful it's going to be. I know that spring and June, actually, it's not quite summer yet. We're almost hitting that uh, cuspus of the new moon that's coming. That we says June is here, but it is June, not spring. It is June summer. We're just on that edge. And I know because the peonies in my garden are just starting to open. And it depends. Some areas I'm looking around and the peonies are open full blast full open out and normally uh the peonies that i have planted in my area yes i have them under planted under a beautiful meyer lilac that i've raised up and normally it's not quite in bloom until probably closer to when summer solstice begins so it too is early and we're seeing that some plants emerged earlier than normal. The heat has definitely played a factor in announcing its their arrival and getting things going. And also too, the heat causes progressiveness that's on it. So even when you're designing and you're figuring out your plants, whether they're perennials or annuals, uh, sometimes by placing them in open sunlight, where it's sunlight all day, 
some plants say, I want sunlight. And you're always thinking, well, it gets shade too. Do I put it in the shade? Yes, if you can. And yes, we're into June. It's so green and the flowers are just starting to go and grow. You remember a couple of weeks ago when we started putting some of our plants in because we had such, a, such an early start, those young start plants look so small putting them into the garden and all they needed was a little bit of moisture after all that little warmth that's on there. Maybe we had to do a little extra watering during those hot days, but you see that they're starting to emerge. They're starting to take off. So if they have not started to take off, because yes, sometimes we get phone calls saying, why are my plants not looking like they are growing or starting to take over or starting to go? The heat may have been a factor that's on there. Watering is key for all items that are newly planted. There is a regime of things that you need to do to keep moisture on the roots. But when I say keep moisture on the roots, do not overwater because there could be a demise on some plants, especially if they like to go a little bit drier between it, because overwatering can uh, cause a demise just as much as underwatering. So if your plants have, have not started to start producing secondary, third, fourth, fifth sets of, of leaves yet, check and see because there's one conversation that also could affect this is maybe the compaction of the garden that you put it into. So in some cases, some of our soils revert back to maybe a little bit harder than what we usually want. And just by digging a harder, like getting in there a little bit harder and digging a hole and gently putting it in there and not having a good medium banked around those roots will cause some plants to stay, yes, just the same shape. So if that's the case, a little bit of tilling around, lightening up it, and maybe adding a little bit of sea soil or a good, nice compost around those roots so that they can anchor away and get growing and giving you that beauty that they want to show you would be probably a little task that we can do, especially on a cooler day. And thinking about gardening, uh, some people are just starting. I'm going to put my hand up. Yep, it's in the air. Uh, I'm a little bit like the shoemaker's son. I finally got to be able to play in my own garden. And I call it play at work too. You may uh, come by and every now and then you'll see me out there. And I like to take times to play away from the little bit of the office work that's always managed with the business and go and get my hands dirty. I love it. And playing in my own yard, I did. I was able to do a little bit of very light pruning, but digging the soil, I got my tomatoes in. So yes, too, I am babying them, waiting for that secondary, third leaf to emerge. And oh, the scent of tomatoes when you're working with them, they just make your, start to salivate to think of all that new taste. Because don't you realize on some plants, oh, the taste of a fresh grown tomato outbeats any store-bought tomato anytime. Let's go right to the lines. We have Walter on the line waiting. Good morning, Walter. Hello, how are you? I'm good. And where are you calling from today, Walter? Oh, St. James. Uh, I called you last week, but I forgot to ask you one question. So I have to call you today. Oh, well, that's okay. That's okay? Yes, okay. What's your question? Uh, about the apple tree. My apple tree is pretty old already. But then every year it was, sometimes it wouldn't have too many apples, but most of the time it's just loaded. Uh, this year she started to dry from the north. East side, 
like some branches are 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 look like they're dead, but in the end of the branches, the two or three leaves on them. Okay, check it. And how old is the how old is your tree? About forty five years old. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, what you do is sometimes um, if you can see, does it look like the, they're drying out and they're actually the leaves are like very crisp? Well. Uh, you see, the worms hit overnight that I spray them a couple of times and the worms are all off. But the leaves are still on there, but they don't look very appetizing. Uh, not very um, uh, lively, you know, but they're, they're getting better since I got the worms off. Okay, well, the effect that you can sometimes get on apple trees, there is a disease, and I'm not going to say it is because... If you could take a snippet of a small piece of it or get some photo- uh, pictures to a garden center or send some pictures to your garden center, or even if you want to email it to the Lawn Garden Journal, they can forward it to me. There is a disease called fire blight that affects a lot of apple trees, which will cause almost like it looks like it's been scorched. on Yeah, the- yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay, so it looks like it's been scorched. But yeah. the other thing, too, is what... I'm kind of thinking is if you did spray for the worms, if you sometimes, sometimes when we spray things in the heat of temperature, that can also cause leaves to curl and uh, look bad. But I would be more curious to see what the branching looks like, not necessarily the leaves. Oh, because it's it's kind of a dark and kind of the, 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 the bark is kind of a curling on it. Okay, so if it's dark on the, yeah, on the bark, yeah, yeah. I think you have probably fire blight. Um, is there a way that you can take a sample of that in a clear plastic bag? Because we don't want to spread disease and we don't want it to introduce that to your favorite haunt of garden center that you go to. But um, I suspect that you would probably have fire blight, which you literally have to cut those branches out. But just make sure that when you're cutting it out, between your cuts, I always like to endorse that uh, bleaching water on your secateurs or loppers or whatever. Okay? Yeah, but uh, is it okay to cut them out now, the branches? You can cut them out now. If oh, it's the okay. fire bite that's on there, you can cut it out. I'm going to do that. Um, uh, yes, I went to ask one other uh, uh, bush there on, 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 on uh, just west of Winnipeg, and he said, Oh, how old is the tree? I said, about 40, 45, 45 years old. Oh, that, she's dead already. She's too old. Oh. I, and I told him I'm going to be 80, 85, and I'm still hitting around the good yet. So. <laughs> well, you know what? Crop management, there's a lot of, like, even if you think of uh, the wineries, I know eventually they recycle and they produce n- new crops and new uh, branches yeah. and new canes. But crop management... You can have some longevity in them. And uh, just an example, my brother lives in Brandon, and in the little back knoll where he has in the back, he has the most gloriously shaped pear tree that is gorgeous. I don't know how old it is, but it is beautiful. So there is longevity on some of those old trees. Yeah, well, we had a lot of apple for many years, and uh, many, many, many years, but... uh... 
we're just about out to move out of here, but whatever, I still would like to see it. So you want me to take out the, uh, to take out the dry ones now, eh? Yeah, you can take out the dry ones, but make sure when in between your cuts from one branch to the other, yeah. and I want even, you to even clean even your Even if they've got the two or three leaves in the end on the long branch, I'd still take them off? Well, if it looked, if the branch is blackened and brown, no. then it's then it's most likely struggling. But if it's just if the leaves are crisp themselves, I'm I'm just maybe curious. Maybe we sprayed something that maybe was on there that caused the effect of the leaves to shrivel. Yes, but no, if the branches I... are brown and blackened, yeah. then I suspect that you that you may have fire blight. Okay. Yeah, that's I sprayed the malatine. For the, okay. the uh, bugs, because bugs are terrible in St. James here. Oh, yeah, I know. That's, um, uh, it's, yeah, those canker worms are just a little bit bad that's on there. Okay, okay. I, thank okay. You for, I thank you very much. You have yourself a good day. You too, Walter. Okay, right. bye-bye. Bye-bye. It was an early start here, uh, opening things up a little bit this morning, trying to grasp some of that, okay, slightly cooler air that's out there. But I have to admit that uh, the gardens are taking off, flowers are going, and it is looking like it's going to be a beautiful gardening season once we get over this little bit of a heat bump. Okay, we're going to go right to lines. Eva's on the line. Good morning, Eva. Good morning. Good morning. And where are you calling from? Uh, Hanover Municipality. Hanover. Oh, I think I know where you are. (laughs) How's Uh everything out? How's everything out in Hanover today? Very hot. Yeah, I think uh, I think it might be a good day to just listen to the Lawn and Garden Journal and uh, mm-hmm. do a little bit of light browsing through the garden today and taking it easy on that. Yeah. So last Friday, I was very busy. In the morning, we had a wedding shower for seniors. Yeah, they're getting married today. And, uh, and then we went to Yanfeed. To celebrate my oldest sister's birthday, and I came back and picked up my mail. I had sent my kids pictures. It's not just great, refreshing to eat your own vegetables, but I would add produce. I had apple trees grow up in my vegetable garden when I first moved here many, 20 years ago, and uh, um, they are producing now. Do you know which varieties of apple trees you have? I have no clue. <laughs> anyway, so I sent pictures of them to my kids. And so when I came back from a busy day, I picked up my mail and there was a big envelope, with a white envelope with big letters OMA on it. I thought, I got a something, maybe the pictures from my kids or whatever, of my grandchildren, of the family, whatever. I was anxious to open it. I rushed home, and I opened it, and here it said, Dear Oma, how many bees do you have in your garden? And in brackets, you can estimate. (laughs) How are you and your cats? I am Maine Coon Mix. And they love to go in the yard, too. And uh, love James, my only grandson. This Uh was his. This it was his homeschool, grade two, um, homework. So I phoned him to say thank you. I probably should have written him a letter back too. 
<laughs> that's old school. That's old school. But that's uh, yeah. et- that's also old school, and that's etiquette too. That's and very so, nice. Yeah. So he says, "Mama told me you have lots of flowers on your on your yard." And I said, "Yes, and many of them are apple tree flowers." And in the fall, do you want some apples from Oma? He said they would be fresh, just like you said. Yes. When you first opened, they would yes. be fresh. Ah. He's eight years old, but he is only only a foot and three inches shorter than I am, and I'm five ten. Oh wow, wow! You're going to have to you're... reach those apples that I can't <laughs> reach. Eva, you just gave me back a really good memory. Mom and Dad, good morning, Mom. Uh, they have they have a good couple morning, apple Mom. trees. In, yeah, they have a couple apple trees in the back, and you just gave me the vision of my dad lifting my uh, my son at a very young age. Uh, <laughs> I think they got more muscle workout lifting the grandchildren at the age of two and three up into the tree to pick the apples. I don't think I could r- r- rip my three-year-old <laughs> Not if he's four foot. he was in boys' shoes. Oh, well, that is a lovely and, story. And then I said, and your auntie and uncle, they have a cherry tree f- full of blossoms. And he says, your family has a lot of flowers and a lot of fruit and i said yes and they're your family too and well, then he know, has a sister he's she's going to be two in july this year she was the same size at a year as he was so they can both pick those apples with instead of oma because well i can't reach them all <laughs> well you know what oma let them do the picking and you can uh, show them how to make I'll, really good yummy pies i'll i'll, I'll just eat them <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wonderful. Right, you have a great weekend. Thank you so Bye-bye. much, Eva, for calling in. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Enjoy that fruit out there. And I love that you're teaching grandchildren about the importance of fruit and growing your own food. Thank you so much, Eva. Oh, I love it. Okay. I'm getting my greenhouse this year. I wow. need to come to your place. <laughs> All right. Thank, Thank you again. You. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is, you know what, this is what the Lawn and Garden Journal is all about. We're learning together, we're telling our stories together, we're sharing together, and we're having a good time and laughing. Now, let's go right back. I think Walter's waiting patiently on the line. Hello, Walter, how are you? Hello, how are you? I'm good. Where are you? I forgot to ask Jessina where she was from. Where are you calling from today? Oh, just uh, from sunny St. James. Sunny St. James. Well, <laughs> good morning, sunny St. James. Right. Uh, how, how can we help you this morning? I got an apple tree here that's, uh, well, it's about 45 years old. Wow. It was uh, not apples, it's a crab apple tree. And oh, okay. It was, always, it was always every spring leaves just to, to, to see the weekend. And this year is north, north. East corner of it has kind of dried out a bit. I don't know, or winter or what. Uh, just uh, some branches got a couple of leaves right in the end. And, and otherwise, the branches dead. Looks like it's dead. Okay. Um, if it's been healthy up to this point, there could be. Or do you have. Uh, does it look uh, black or is there a color change to the branches of the tree? Uh, uh, the tree seems to be. Like the bark is peeling and turning black underneath. Yeah, okay. So you may have a little bit of a disease happening in there. So 
I would recommend that if it's if the bark is changing dramatically and it's closer to the ends of the tree, I would probably be doing some pruning and pruning that out that's on there. Oh, that's a big tree. And well, I'm almost 85 years old, so I don't know if I'm going to climb up there. No, well, if you're 85 years old, just like my mom is going to be 90 and she's notorious for getting up on her step stool. So at your age, just like my mom, good morning, mom, is do not get up on that ladder. I would say if you can get somebody to uh, do a little bit of that work for you to prune it out and you can sit on the lawn chair and oversee the work for the, for you, okay? Oh, okay. And there's nothing I can put underneath and water it or something. Well... Uh, not if it's diseased and not if it's black that's on there. Yeah, it's starting to, like, losing its bark in some places, like, kind of curling the, the bark. Yeah, you know what? There is a, a fire blight that affects crab apples and apple trees that's on there. So if it's turning the bark a little bit different, and it almost looks like it's been scorched. Yeah, yeah, on... yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, fire blight you really can't treat, but... Uh, seriously, for a 45-year-old tree, you really want to care for it. What I want you to do is if you can cut back some of it, and if whoever's doing that cut for you, you're not doing it, you're off the ladder, is um, to make sure that they're when they're doing their cuts, make sure they're cleaning their secateurs or pruners between their cuts, okay? I sprayed it because there was uh, bugs on it. Well, like every year I spray it. Yeah. Uh, and all I didn't know they were there, but I sprayed it, they were falling out just like... Oh, terrible, but all, all the ground now. Yeah, well, sometimes fire blight is uh, caused by, um, it's a disease that can be caused by bugs. It could be caused by spread of wind blowing the disease in. And sometimes water droplets will bring it in. And it's usually affected by uh, lesions that are on the tree that's on it, okay? Yeah. Okay, so I wish you luck with your crabapple tree, but please, um, at your... Mature age, sit on the lawn chair and do not go on the ladder. <laughs> 85 years old. Well, that is a very good age. You think so, eh? Well, yes, I think so. And, you know, just like my mom, she's going to be 90 this year, and I think what a blessed age to be. Well, yeah, well, we're, right now you can come over for lunch because we're just slapping pierogies together like you never believe it. <laughs> oh! Pierogies? Yeah, wow. Make, we make lots of pierogies. Well, the pierogies are good. The pierogies are good. Well, Thank you for calling, Walter. You know why? Because it's the Ukrainian are making it. I know. You know what? Uh, my my husband's babas used to make them at the pavilions downtown and that kind of stuff. And, oh, sauerkraut pierogies oh, are the they're best. Oh, here, too. Yep. Sauerkraut, cottage cheese, potato cheese, onion and bacon, and potato and cheese. Okay, everyone that has to grow some potatoes and grow some cabbage so that we can uh, teach them all how to make pierogi cabbage rolls. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's uh, very nice talking to you. Thank you very much. You're very yeah. welcome, Walter. Thank you for calling in. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. From Hanover to Landmark to Winnipeg to beyond, wherever you may be, I've got a little, I've got a little poem for you. This is in praise of the rhubarb. Take a listen. So prolific, like a weed, spreads around when gone to seed. So enduring it survives on its own. It grows, it thrives. Leaves enormous, wide and green, makes homemade insecticide. 
luscious stems of red and green healthy benefits widespread. High in antioxidants, eating rhubarb just makes sense. Helps to maintain the healthy bones. Yes, skin retains to its youthful tones. Fiber in the rhubarb stalks cleans coleosterolic, I hope I said that right, blocks. Pick the stalks and eat them raw. Chop and add them to coleslaw. Chopped and boil. They make a sauce. Spread on toast. On ice cream, toss. Add as thickener for jams. Use as glaze for roasted hams. Bacon muffins for a treat. Fill as pies. Such a scrumptious eat. Yes, the gift, and it's the gift of giving. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. As usual, it's fun talking to everyone and learning about gardening together. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye-bye.